0: you are listening to the metabolic coach podcast where it's all about real women and real problems i'm your host dr rashmi Pawar, specialist gynecologist and also a certified life and way coach where i don't just talk about medical problems but what goes on when you hear about those problems Good morning people and welcome to today's episode and it's about me so i don't know i mean i obviously keep talking about me a little bit um, as in my goal is to be an example of what is possible for you people so today's episode i'm going to talk about my journeys what all transformation i have had and help you see how you and I are together in so many areas, are similar in so many areas of our life and how we can inspire each other to continue doing the work which is basically to become a higher version of ourselves. So I am Rashmi Pawar. I'm originally from India. Uh, I was born and brought up in Mumbai, uh, my both my my father is a doctor and my mother is a also a doctor and I have two siblings. Uh, I have a sister who is um, six years younger than me, and I have a brother who is a younger a year younger than me. So uh, I am brown skinned. I am, my height is around one fifty. <laughs> Four centimeters, that's around five feet, one and a half inch. I have black eyes. I have brown, dark brown hair originally, <laughs> soft curls. Mm-hmm. I am, I, what else can I say about me? Okay, yeah, my education probably. I used to be an average student uh, in school. I was raised uh, by my grandparents. or oh, that's what I think. Like I ha- I remember till the age of 10, me and my brother used to be with our grandparents. In fact, our school was there and my mom, dad would see us on the weekends. I mean, I don't remember much of it, but whatever I remember, I miss them terribly. <laughs> and that has shaped a lot Um of my personality, me being away from my parents in that age of 8 to 10 years. I have some memories of it. Uh, uh, my mom dad took us back in uh, and we started living with them after that. And then that's when my sister came in. Uh, she was born. So I think probably... Six, seven years. Seven years we were away from my mom, dad. Oh, that's interesting. Now that I do the math, it seemed like forever. <laughs> um, apart from that, uh, I scored really well in my ninth uh, standard. We have standards here, not grades. So, uh, in my ninth standard, I scored really well because my father had. Put me in a coaching class. Um, That was the trend at that time because 10th standard is where uh, most people um, want, they they take as much help as possible, you know, so that the children can score well. So 10th standard, uh, I, I had done coaching classes and I improved really well. I had a cousin who was with me. So we used to always be studying together. So I scored well and I got in, I had some privileges. So I got in the best colleges that I wanted to get in. I I could get in those um, with the privileges. So you understand like with the privileges, even if you have capacity, you would still land up feeling like an imposter. So that's what happened to me. Even with the imposter syndrome, I could score well, and I could keep on. I I didn't flunk out. I didn't downgrade. I was not ever kicked out of the school. So, I got in the best colleges. I became. I got uh, in the best Co- medical college in uh, Mumbai, KM Hospital. Um, I studied there again very very stressful because medicine is not easy <laughs> let me just tell you that it's very 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 um traumatic um the exams uh, now that i think of it a lot of cramming up a lot of studying a lot of studying like i i used to know that i, I by that time i realized that no field is easy because each field will demand commitment to study something and each field is like so much big but medicine was just a lot so most of my friends who would have who were parting they would have like some three four subjects i would have 20 subjects <laughs> and it never seemed to be enough so even with my imposter syndrome, even with my whatever brain, and I was a slow reader, extremely slowly le- reader. And the reason why I was a slow reader was because I wanted to understand it really well and remember it. Whereas most people who were reading, I realized that later on in life was that they were just reading. They never retained much. So if you ask the both of us, like a fast reader and a slow reader, me. Um, they will quiz us, Suppose suppose, um, about the topics. I would remember 90% of it, whereas my friend who was a fast reader, she wouldn't remember. So that was like an interesting revelation that I had. And when I had that revelation, I came first uh, in my college, in my obstetrics. Uh, that's in my master's. And I was second in the university and I was shocked at my capacity, even with all these privileges, even with the imposter syndrome, how could this be? This is something is wrong. This is a fluke. And then I kept on still believing that. And that's how human brains are. Like you don't need to have privileges. It's just that it will find ways to make you feel bad about what you're doing And how I realized it, because I had many other privileges as well, which other people, other friends of mine wanted, and they were like feeling bad about it. Like my father is a doctor, a practicing doctor, a reasonably successful one. So there were, I I used to have privileges of going and operating in his hospital without being a student there. He would just take me and he would teach me all the surgeries. He would let me do them and his students would get really upset. So I had those privileges. I had a privilege of having my father's practice and I could just like slip into it. Um, I had seen my mom and dad um, argue so much during growing up years. That I decided I don't want to be a doctor. Like, I, uh, sorry, I didn't decide I don't want to be a doctor. (laughs) I decided I won't marry a doctor. It never occurred to me at that point that maybe I could also not be a doctor. I could be something else. Never occurred to me because I thought that was the best thing. And I had to do that and I did that. Mm, Then, all this while, I used to have some friends. I'm still an introvert extremely introvertish very struggles I used to struggle to keep up with my friendships um I mean and it was never a problem for me to have friends I could speak to anyone and everyone for hours but it just was very uncomfortable so I I would just cancel last minute I would just ditch them and later on people stopped inviting that was not okay for me either. So I was like trying to balance it out um, until very later in life when I realized what I wanted. Um, I finally married my husband. It was an arranged marriage and we got married at around 29. And I knew him a year before Almost one and a half year before I saw him at the end of my graduation, I was very clear about that. I'm not going to marry before I finish my post-graduation. So I finished my post-graduation at the age of 28. Um, Lots of things uh, to talk about that, but uh, maybe that I can talk about them in the glimpses because as a life coach, we do... um, we do reflect a lot in our past. We don't stay there, but we try to go in our past and understand why we do what we do and it can be changed. So most of the time a therapist like I worked with one therapist, but what this is what I understand and with even the clients who work with therapists, they would stay in the past. They would keep visiting the past often. Um, at least the clients are not moving away from the past. Whereas in life coaching, we take you to the future. We connect you more with your future self. And that's how we keep on evolving into a better version of ourselves. After marrying my husband, for three years, we were living in Mumbai. And uh, he was from Thana. So I was uh, doing up and down Mumbai, Borivali Thana. I used to stay in um, I realized at that point there were opportunities available in the Middle East, uh, basically in Dubai and I could make more money because at that stage in our life, most of my friends who were not doctors including my husband were making really good money in the corporate, stru- in the corporate world. So they were either MBAs or CAs or whatnot, HRs, and they were all making good money and as a doctor I was not and I was working for my father and he was not paying me enough. So I decided let's just screw it all, let's leave the country. My in-laws wanted me to join a corporate hospital but it was way more agonizing for me to join a corporate hospital because that would mean I have to ditch my father so I decided to ditch both of them my father and my in-laws and I went to Dubai my husband I mean I can't even imagine it's very hard to get a job in Dubai very very hard to just like start searching for a job in Dubai but doctors I think it's relatively easy uh, anyone who clears the Prometric exam you can enter Many people did struggle with that as well, but I could get in. And the, my hus- I got extreme resistance from my husband because he was having a good thing going. But the pay was so good in Dubai that we knew that both of us could easily sustain. And with that belief, my husband quit his job. And literally, I joined in September. He had a job in hand in December. We both were, and why? Living, having an Audi. It was a used Audi, but having an Audi, uh, an A4. I was like, okay, that's it. We have we have made it happen. I'm having Apple products. I had a MacBook. I had an iPhone. I had an iPod. I had an Audi. Everything I had, everything I needed, I had it. And amazing food and everything and international work Now The work where I was working, it was terrifying, terrifying. Because I have always worked in a team culture. And when I landed up in this hospital, it was there was no team. You were on your own. And obstetrics is very high risk. It needs to be practiced in a team. At least that's what I belong. That's how I was trained. It was very, very stressful because my practice grew very fast. And I couldn't handle it at a point. I couldn't sleep. There were no sleeping hours. I was sleep deprived. I lost a lot of weight. Finally, in 10 months of that job, I decided to leave that job. I wanted to leave in six months probation, but... They cheeked me out. They said my probation finished three days before when I went to quit. So I decided let's just carry on every day, hoping I just want to get fired. (laughs) Ultimately, I quit at the 10 month mark. And believe it or not, at that point, my husband had only a job and it was not enough for us to stay there. And we were like, whatever it is, we'll go back to India if things don't plan out. I got a job in 15 days, an even higher paying job. And it was a clinic-based job, very relaxed, extremely relaxing. Like there was really nothing challenging about it. (laughs) All we did was I went to work and it was like afternoon times off, came back in the evening, did some more work. And we just ate. I gained so much weight. (laughs) So throughout my years, I used to be in the range of 50 to 55, 56 during my growing up years. And whenever I would have exams, I would go to 52 and stay there. But when I came to my first job, I lost so much weight because of the stress. I just lost appetite. Then I gained back. I went from 52 to six, I went to 65, 67 kilos. And this is there's no pregnancy, it just gained rapidly because I, I couldn't stop eating. And at that point, I do remember I was like, huh, I wish there was like a coach who could like help me through this process, like who's like constantly keeping an eye on me. Can I hire someone like that? Because I knew there are gym coaches. Then I thought I'd heard of something called his life coach at that point, And I was like, hmm, maybe. But maybe that's only for like celebrities and all. I don't think they work for normal people. So I gave up that idea. Then I left Dubai for an even higher paying job to come and stay in Abu Dhabi. Because Abu Dhabi government provides housing. So I came to Abu Dhabi. lot of resistance from my husband because he's still working in Dubai and extreme resistance Um, making that happen this whole time by the way my husband had told me that he never wants to have kids and here I am an obstetrician who wanted to have kids I mean that's my profession I want to have children I love children I mean I don't love children but I would love to have one and so I'm working on that as well. Like we're trying to figure out when do we start planning. So we reach Abu Dhabi and it, never, it was never a good time. Luckily at that point, my brother has had a child and we, he, they they came over to visit us and we saw firsthand what it feels like to have a child. And my husband loved it too. He never said it in words, but then he agreed for it. I was working... Two or three nights a week. Okay, once one night a week, in case my friends are listening. <laughs> it was a reasonable work structure. No one was calling me at night, unlike my first job. Um, I It was much better. But you never realize, like, one, you're getting called once in a month in a private shift, once or twice in a month in the night shift. And you're getting called, like, you are working... To one or two nights every week like you think that that is like a structure you would like <clears throat> because it has some routine but it doesn't <laughs> at least I realized that at the end of six years seven years that it doesn't um, finally I we decided to have a child and it was a struggle because I had already gained so much weight I couldn't get Pregnant naturally. So I tried three cycles of stimulation <clears throat> with injections. Didn't work. Then IVF didn't work. I realized I had PCOS. I already ha- always had PCOS. I had hair issues like female pattern baldness and irregular periods. Like It was not f- that irregular, but it is like 35 day cycle. 32 day cycle. There was no, there was never a time when I would have a 28 day cycle. So I knew there was something there. And then I went on metformin and then I got pregnant after an IVF cycle. It happens to many patients that they will not get pregnant in the IVF cycle, but they get pregnant after that. And then my pregnancy journey started. My pregnancy was with night shifts like at least two night shifts every week i i started asking for that because the work was slightly lesser but i didn't realize that it would be this hard i took maybe two sick leaves throughout pregnancy my friends didn't know i was pregnant until i started showing in like eighth month my baby was small i had gestational diabetes i had preeclampsia at the end And I needed a cesarean section. She was so small, 2.4 kilo. But in pregnancy, I learned to monitor my sugars and learn to eat well. I I realized what food increases my sugar. I, I got in with diabetes and what diabetes meant. And this is what we were telling our patients. So I had done the groundwork of monitoring At that point, I was listening to Dr. Katrina Ubell, weight loss physician for physician, weight loss for busy physicians, uh, coach. And I used to listen to her podcast and I wanted to do what she was teaching. So that was always on my mind until my daughter, who was born, she was so small, I was struggling with breastfeeding. I decided to breastfeed because my hospital is was a baby-friendly hospital, a breastfed certified. They would just like keep on talking about breastfeeding. I was like, that's the best thing. Why not? It is the best thing. Because a treatment for first year of life, everything for every pediatric problem for first year of life is breastfeeding. So why are we not? Why should I not breastfeed? It was traumatic. It was painful. But I did it. I didn't give her the bottle. And I would talk about my breastfeeding experience some other time. Because it was amazing. There's so much I have done in that. Finally. Uh, at the end of. 10 months. After she was born. I decided to go on intermittent fasting. Because she stopped taking. Express breast milk. And. And. She refuses the bottle and she refused to take it by spoon. And she was already eating. So I had stopped pumping by that time. And I was like, okay, let's go for this intermittent fasting. And at that time I was already subscribed with another coach. And I had a lot of emotional support while I was doing this work because I knew I don't want I didn't want to lose weight and then gain it back. Because there was something wrong there. So I wanted to do it the right way. The right way of losing weight is through the mindset. You clean up your mindset, you will eat healthy for the rest of your life. At least you will know what is right. (laughs) How your mind is working. So I did that. I lost most of my weight, which is intermittent fasting. I went to 55 but the mindset piece when I dialed that down that's when I got to my goal lower than my goal my goal was 52 I went to fifteen. I didn't like what I saw <laughs> it was very skinny I had lost a lot of hair but there was so much achievement in what I had achieved so even when people would tell me it's not looking good I didn't care it hurt so bad when people said that and trust me People are very shameless when they would say these things to me. And I could manage all of that thanks to the life coaches I had. I couldn't have, like I wouldn't have sustained if I didn't have that support system. Like we can handle everything, but we can't handle rejection from the world. It's really, really uncomfortable. You really need to have a strong support system standing by you, supporting you and cheering you the whole time. And that's where my life coaching journey started. First, I I decided to have a life coach for myself. Like I wanted to be a life coach after listening to Katrina. I was like, that's it. That's all. That's my future. I want to do that. But then I needed to experience what it is to have a life coach. So I, I had a life coach. and Then I decided to become a life coach. I became one in March 2020. And after becoming a life coach, the transformations I had was basically, number one, weight loss. Number two was maintaining that weight loss. My relationship with my husband changed exponentially. I decided to go gray. I think uh, I stopped coloring my hair in May 2021. I came on Instagram. I started talking to people. I started making offers. I started creating content. I had a YouTube channel, not so successful, but none of my work was consistent because of my job. I hated my job so badly. There were so many stressful situations in my job that I practiced believing that I hated so much. And thanks for my coaches, I could have that sort of support system to reach a point to love my job and then quit. I, because it's your brain you're carrying everywhere, right? Like if you're used to being a victim, even after you leave your job, which you hate so much, you think it's the job, but it's always our thoughts about it, which is preventing us from what we really want. So I decided to love my job first. And I did a lot of work and I found so many amazing tools that I could use in my job to manage my mind. And I really liked it. So initially, I would hate my job 80% of the time. Later on, it became almost like 10% only, Like 90% of the time, I was like having a good time. Everything was working out well. But then in 2022, March, my daughter fell sick multiple times. She was even admitted once for pneumonia. And that's when I was like, okay, that's enough. I don't think I need to do this job to like do anything. Because I was getting pulled apart. I was trying to have a coaching business with, with the job. Because the job demands almost 50 hours of me in a week with the travel. And the coaching demands at least 10 hours a week. And the studying and the self-coaching demands some more hours there was really no time left for my daughter because I really wanted to do the coaching bit as well. That's when I was like, okay, the first thing which will go is the job because then so much space opens up. I can freely spend time with my daughter. I can work on my coaching skills. I can work on my business. I can work as a coach. It was the hardest decision I had to take. It took me two years because I had to go through loving my job first and then quitting. In this, and I could do that after becoming a master coach, after learning all of those skills, after hiring coaches upon coaches upon coaches to help me see what I wanted, what was my vision, to shape a life of my own. And at this point, I am now. It's June 2022 right now, and I've left my job, and I'm still staying in UAE with my husband working. We don't make that much money. But I have enough savings to sustain here for for a while. And yes, my mind still goes to those places where it's like, but what about the future? And that's where life coaching skills come in hand. I have practiced life coaching, the tools, the mindset so much that I know my future is my property. I know it will be sorted. I know I will get the best Not just for me, but for my daughter, for my husband, for us. The best is available for me and I'm going to get there at rapid pace. And that's me, my friend. I hope you got a glimpse into my life and I've told you some more extra things about me compared to what I normally tell you guys. And if you have any doubts and if any of this resonates with you and you also want to join me in this journey of achieving what your higher self wants, your dreams, please follow the link in bio and set up an appointment with me. Weight loss is a beautiful place to get started, to understand how the mind works. So jump in right away. And if it's not your weight loss... (laughs) you can still figure it out we will still know how your mind is trying to cope with the negative emotions and how we can go to your dreams all right my friend that's it for today i'll see you next time bye-bye if you found this information useful please subscribe and give a review also share this podcast with someone who might use the information that I'm teaching. Thank you.